Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Jefferson's. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tastings. And of course, with me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleschik. Andy, how you doing today? You know, can't complain. I mean, I've been uh, just stressed out with work a lot. Um de-stressing from work by getting stressed out over the house hunting search that I've been going on over the last couple of weeks or so now. Yeah, it's, it is, it's always a process. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's even more stressful during COVID. You got to wear your face mask when you're walking through the houses. And yeah, it's, it, yeah so, so many protocols. Yeah, there's whole, yeah all kinds of different stuff you got to worry about. But yeah. that is, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to stress about, but that's why God invented bourbon. Yeah, uh, which is of course why we're here to talk about bourbon. So let's do it, Andy. This is a really exciting mm-hmm. one. This is a presidential episode. So uh, let's go ahead and jump right in. Why don't you tell the folks everything they need to know about Jefferson's? Of course. Uh, so this is a brand about twenty four ish years old. It was founded back in nineteen ninety seven by a, uh, I think a father son duo, uh, Trey and Chet Zoller. Um, Chet, who was a bourbon historian. Um, they were kind of trying, I guess, to my understanding, in their website, they were trying to restore a family tradition of a um, from a famed matriarch who was basically a moonshiner, um, for lack of better phrasing. There, she uh, back in like the 18th century ish, she ended up being arrested in about 1799 for the production and sale of spiritous liquors. How dare she! <laughs> Hey, exactly. How dare she without the right permits? Right. <laughs> um, we forgot something, Andy. Yeah. Cheers, Cheers. sir. Um. So it was something. It was kind of like just a side project for them to try to continue that that family tradition, if you will, or at least bring back that family tradition because it's something that they really had not done for that their family, as far as I know, and. Their website states uh, had done for you know quite some time okay. up until you know about two hundred years later um, when they got interested in doing this and it's something that you know they of course have really tried to continue this tradition and continue to push the boundaries on what bourbon can be and bourbon cr- production methods can be. Um, as we'll discuss a little bit later in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that, you know, they're still very much involved in the brand. Um, of course, now it's owned by uh, Pernod Ricard and has been owned by multiple different uh, brands. I think Castle Brands originally, but then a few other brands then bought back by Castle Brands and bought by Pernod Ricard. And they're um, produced and distilled in uh what does their label say there john i believe I it's uh crestwood kentucky they're yeah they're produced in bottled for, well it's it's i think the distillery is in crestwood it looks like it is bottled in mclean let me i'll, I'll look at it i i just picked it up uh here um so it's produced in louisville kentucky but is bottled for mclean and kine in louisville kentucky so bottled for them but the uh, Zollers, I think, still have a very heavy, heavy hand 
in the production of this bourbon. Yeah. It looks like the distillery is in Crestwood, which is okay. essentially like a... Think of like a Mason for Cincinnati. Like it's kind of like in, kind of Cin- like a, Cin- in Louisville, in Cincinnati, you know, it's but like right outside. It's like right? a suburb. Exactly. Exactly. It does have a very, um, even though it's a kind of right there in Louisville, it's still in being on the outskirts. It does, it does still have like a very Kentucky thoroughbred feel. Like, f- yeah, feel, you know, uh, a, dist- a, a traditional Kentucky distillery, traditional, um, and for me, a traditional Kentucky distillery reminds me a lot of. Like, a, you know, a, a horse farm, like, you know, rolling hills, these gorgeous fences and beautiful barns. It reminds me a lot of that. Uh, you yeah. Know, I get a lot of that feel, which really um, takes me back. It's a very, I feel it's a very traditional feel while being right there in the Louisville area. Yeah. And pushing, exactly. Being there in the, almost in the city and trying to push those boundaries, of course. And it's something that, you know, they have done a lot of different kind of side projects. It's something, um, when Chet, who I think was the bourbon historian of the two, um, was kind of doing stuff, and this is how the name came about. I think he was kind of wanting to try and figure out a name that you could tie back to bourbon, but also just the kind of classic Americana and American history. Um, this is where he came up with the name Jefferson's. Because Jefferson... Very American name. Yeah. I mean, clearly very American <laughs> was... I think our fourth president of the United States, third. if my history serves me correctly. Third. Third. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, third president. Third. Yeah. I knew he was one of the first five. Yeah, of course, but one of the founding fathers. Served wrote as the Declaration president. of Independence, yeah, exactly. all that good stuff. You know, he, was long the, he was the second ever vice president as well. Yeah. Um, and it's something, you know, that's reflected literally in the name and also figuratively on the bottle because... For anybody, at least that's bought their standard product, we'll see um, their their uh, bottles have a caricature of him uh, etched, painted, whatever, onto the back of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it kind of like just remind you of that American history, both obviously in the product being bourbon, something that can exclusively be American, but also... The name and that this is named after one of our presidents. Yeah. One of the literal, literal fathers of the country. Exactly. And so it's something, um, as I always mentioned, it's something that, you know, kind of their whole modus operandi is to try and push, in their minds, push the boundaries of what bourbon can be. And their big project in order to do this, most people who know bourbon probably know of this, is... Um, Jefferson's Oceans, aged at sea. Of course, everyone knows the Jefferson's Ocean. Yeah, and it's something that, of course, it's 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 a very interesting experiment. I and it's something that you know I think is a good experiment to try, which is basically how would a product that how would a bourbon or just a whiskey as, as a whole taste if you basically stuck it in the barrel and then stuck in that barrel on a ship. And let's say it sail for a few months or for a few years um, at a time. Right. How would that taste after it then got off the um, ship and dumped and put in a bottle? So are they are, are these like old school wooden ships? Are these giant storage containers? Do we know what these ships consist of or look like? Um, No. So this is actually something where I think there's only like one ship that they do. And I think it's the... Oceanic 
or some, I forget the name. It's on their website. They have right. a lot of details on what the actual ship. It almost looks like a modern day like metal shipping vessel, like smaller shipping vessel or fishing vessel. Right. Um, but it's that it's, is exactly what it looks like. Exactly. <laughs> it's not a very big ship. Yeah, and it's all. it's something that's used for like ocean exploration and like to explore like how mar- uh, marine life travels during the year and everything. So it's used for the ship is used for different scientific stuff primarily. Gotcha. Um, to my understanding of what they do and everything, but what Jefferson's has done is basically they'll sit there and they'll do at least a few barrels. Um, they'll put a few barrels on this ship, and then it'll go around. I think up to eight years, like anywhere between. I think. To my understanding from the website, anywhere between six months to eight years at a time in the barrels on the ship. Um, while it's out at sea, like studying the migratory patterns of, say, like whales or dolphins or <laughs> anything like different fish, things like that. Yeah. Um, to just see like how that affects it. Because, of course, the ship's rocking about all the time. And in theory, this at least means that the whiskey uh, is penetrating deeper into the wood of the barrel, hmm. um, which in theory would help extract on top of obviously like the temperature changes um, and climate changes that affect whiskey in a normal standard operation. Right. Um, you know, pulling it into and out of the barrel. Like hopefully this will allow it to extract some more of that f- uh, flavor and color and everything yeah. by allowing it to slosh around the, in the barrel to go deeper. But you've told me you're not uh, necessarily a, a big fan of the, the ocean finish versus the regular kind of in a comparison sense. Um, yeah, it's something uh, we don't have the product today to try. We'll but, have it one day. But yeah, we'll have it someday. But in like the one or two times I've had it compared to just their current uh, one that we have to try in their basically their standard product, which is the Jefferson's very small batch. Um, it's a noble experiment. I think it's an experiment that's worth the try to see, but it's something that to, in my palate is not worth the additional flavor. It's not worth the additional cost on the consumer yeah. to try. Yeah, it's honestly probably not worth the additional cost on the distiller. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know how much it costs them to do it, but right. I'm sure it costs them a decent penny to do. And to me, I mean, to me, I think it's worth it for them to at least try like one or two barrels. Yeah. But it's something that for a consumer, I just stick with a regular product. The very small batch, absolutely. Yeah. What's the mash bill look like on this one? Yeah. So this, uh, I was actually about to get to that one. Um, Mash bill is about coming in a little bit lower on the corn. It's about 60% corn, very high rye at 30%. I think that's about the highest rye I've ever seen in a bourbon. And then 10% malted barley. And then for their very small batch, at least, they come in at about 82, 83 proof. Somewhere in that range. Like pretty much almost bare minimum proofage required. At least that bottling proofage required to consider that they bourbon whiskey. Because, uh, of course, at least bourbons are required to be, once you bottle them, minimum 80 proof or 40% alcohol by volume. So, um, 
kind of a little bit different mash bowl, lower proofage. Not that it's necessarily bad. Um, everybody's taste is different. But it's something that I think they use that mash bill across all their products here, which, as I mentioned, very small batch. Um, and then the o- Jefferson's Osteen's HSC are two of their, those products. They also have Jefferson's Reserve, and then they've had several different limited edition um, bourbons on the market, none of which I th- think are still on the market. Or if they are, I have never been able to find them let alone afford them. Gotcha. Um, which, of course, all those are like various different cask strengths, um, different barrel finishings, single barrels, chef's collaborations where like certain chefs came in and helped like produce a bourbon or like select a certain bourbon palette for their restaurant, everything. Right. So, of course, and then they also had a rye finished uh bourbon is that the rye cognac finish yeah the rye cognac finish um so you know they're definitely pushing the boundaries on what bourbon can or maybe should be yeah but there's always a new frontier and it's exciting to have at least exactly one company you know i know there's a lot of them but like every company that's out there trying to like push the limit see what they can do to be the next best thing or just make you know, whiskey make, in a different way. It's exactly. refreshing. And make the product better as a whole. Absolutely. Um, which, I, you know, at, at a minimum, even if your product is not good for everybody's palate, it's good to sit there and push those boundaries and make bourbon and whiskey as a whole better for us to drink. Absolutely. All right, folks, go ahead and pour yourself a glass of the Jefferson small, very small, very small batch. Not just a small batch. We want the very small batch. Um, of course, we'll try the oceans uh, aged at, at sea some at some point. Uh, we didn't want this one to run too long. Uh, I know we've had some longer ones. We're trying to balance it out a little bit for you guys. Um, but we will cover that. We're going to have some hybrids coming up here soon where we're going to do a couple of different ones mixed together. We're going to do some... Uh, maybe a couple of rye episodes where we try a couple different ryes from distillers we already tasted. And uh, actually, I think I'm thinking, Andy, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm thinking after this one, we're about to start jumping out of bourbons and into American whiskeys. Is that what we're going to do? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, this is kind of this is kind of so for all of our listeners, this is this might be one of our last for the time being, at least one yeah. of our last for, for bur- now, yeah. bourbon um, episodes. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, as you were mentioning, we want to try and sit here and bring some episodes. Maybe we're tasting different rise in an episode to give everybody. Um, and of course there's just some rare bourbons that we just can't find. Don't have our hands on yet. Yeah. And, and there's <laughs> for some various ones, reasons. Exactly. And there's <laughs> mostly some that, financial, <laughs> right? Or, or yeah, exactly. We're, in just common sense, like we're not going to spend what two grand for a bottle of Pappy or like whatever it costs. Right exactly. Now. <laughs> uh, but there are some, of course, some previous bourbons that we've covered where maybe they have an additional product for whatever reason. We didn't drink that product. We didn't try that product. We'll, we'll maybe do a combo episode where we do a couple of those, you know, bring battle back of the up. bourbons. Like for, yeah. For example, like we do the Jefferson's ocean, but maybe we'd bring it along with another like, one. That's kind of more unique product of a, or do a blind taste story. Test. Yeah, exactly. 
So we do have some other interesting stuff coming up. So don't think we're out of bourbon. Don't think we're not coming back to it or we're not going to cover other products made by some of the distillers we've already covered. Just a new chapter. Definitely will. Oh, yeah. It's a very exciting one. I'm excited for Tennessee. I'm excited for Texas. We got some bur- some whiskeys here in Ohio I'm very excited about. Very much excited. Of course, I, uh, you know, despite my uh, ire aimed often towards can- Canada, there's some Canadian whiskeys I really, really like. Love. So, uh, yeah, we got some exciting stuff coming up. But before we even talk more about the next chapter of distilled discussions let's we go ahead the first one. pour ourselves a yeah uh, pour ourselves a, a glass of the very small batch of jefferson's and we're going to dive right into the taste testing here all right folks now that you have yourself poured a glass if you didn't already of the jefferson's very small batch let's go ahead and do the taste test well, of course as always we're going to start with the nose that's, that's like a very to me that's like a very citrusy leathery ethanol flavor yeah. on the nose to me yeah actually uh, that sums it up really well um not it's not a bad nose it's just something that is kind of i'm getting a little floral along with what you mentioned there okay i i can't get that off of it right now but okay i mean my nose is a bit stuffed up <laughs> i can kind of get like a that's bit why of, you're not getting it <laughs> <laughs> i can get a bit of like an like an appley fruit note to it though yeah that's kind maybe of, something that like might that be kind of what i'm getting like a like a fruity flowery type like sweetness like to a it. crisper red apple yeah. or like a a um granny smith something like yeah, that i'm getting apple. like a granny smith type yeah yeah definitely. all right it's just a little bit more tart definitely let's give it a taste it's very smooth yeah very smooth um, it's definitely got a little bit of sweetness to it, but I'm not really, yeah. I'm not really sure. I can't place the sweetness though. It, it, maybe it's it, it's because it's not the I'm not getting that granny apple sweetness in that form, but I am still getting a little bit of sweetness. Yeah, like I, I think you're kind of right. Like to me, I kind of get, I get exactly like a a sweetness I can't quite place. Yeah, it tastes slightly fruity to me. But like slightly sweeter than what I normally get as like a fruity, like an apple or cherry sweetness in a bourbon. I mean, it's almost like a cherry mixed with honey or something. Like, like it's a. But again, I just I don't know. But it's I, not I can't, quite as thick as like a honey. It. Yeah, yeah. I I just almost can't. It's like it's the sweetness is very noticeable. I just almost can't place it. Yeah. It. it, it I mean, it's good. Oh, I like oh, it. Oh, absolutely. It's very drinkable. Personally, me, I think I would enjoy this one better over ice than neat. I was almost thinking in a in a cocktail it would go really well. Oh, or cocktail. I'm sure if you had the right cocktail that might work too. Yeah, I could see that. Like a cocktail where you had some bitters to offset the sweetness, it might yeah. really balance out real well. Yeah, or yeah, like some bitters and and or maybe some like yeah, or like maybe if you were doing something kind of yeah, like something with like very fruity liqueurs in there to try and bring out those notes of the bourbon. Um, I don't, frankly, I don't know enough about <laughs> bourbon. And a whiskey related to cocktails to know which that would be, but I feel like it could go well and even a, like an old fashioned. Maybe, May, yeah. I mean, that, it wouldn't be my first pick, but obviously not. But it could work. It could suffice right. if you have nothing else. Absolutely. Um, it's still good. Um, oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I think any it way goes I drink well, it, it's good. Over the rocks, it's a very versatile whiskey. I think. Yeah. Which is one of the nice things about it. And I, I think it's something that it being so low proof, I think that very much helps because I think it's only like 41 and a half percent alcohol by volume that very, very much helps it to bring out those flavors. Definitely. Instead of something like, um, 
you know, like the Stag Jr. that we had a Ooh. few episodes ago Ooh, that's buddy. just so strong that you'd have to pair it with other strong flavors they to say, tone it. They, they say don't mess with Texas. Don't mess with Stag Jr., buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Andy, any final thoughts on Jefferson's? I know we've pretty much covered it here, uh, you know, for the most part. Um, uh, I mean, I think if you can find it, it's, it's worth a buy. It's only about... They're very small batches. Only, I think when I bought it, it was only like thirty or thirty-five bucks. Um, so it's it's a very affordable bourbon to try if you can find it. It's yeah. also for the most part very accessible. Yeah. Um, I think they've got a lot of experiments in the work that they're trying to do to make it better. So it's an exciting brand to at least follow. Yeah, absolutely. All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and listen to every episode of Distilled Discussion. Share our podcast. Share our specific episodes on your social media platforms. Tell your friends about us. Even if you hate us, bitch to your friends about us. Yeah. We really don't care. We just want we word of love mouth. The commentary. We want a pre- yeah, we want yeah, we want responses. We want some feedback as well. Uh, and we, of course, we appreciate all of you guys, the lovers and the haters. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week.